Squeegee Link Podcast, episode 16, with Jude and Tom from The Print House. Hi. Hiya. How are you? Yeah, all right. Just been um, printing and Tom's like, come on. I was like, all right then. <laughs> Hi, Tom. And Jude, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on and stuff. Thank you for asking. Well, sort of yeah. half-invited ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good to see like lots of different types of studios and setups and um, applications for screen print represented. So, yeah, excited to have you oh. on. Cool. cool. I was Rob last week. Yeah, he's good. He's, he, he, oh, God, he's such a wealth of knowledge that I actually said yeah. to him in it. <laughs> We need to do this over like two or three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. definitely broke the record on the longest one, but um, yeah. I legs off a donkey, I would, is, is fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to just start off by introducing yourself and saying what the print house is, please? Very good. I am Tom Whitehead. Um, I'm co-director and I'm sort of a founder, but an honorary founder. I guess. <laughs> so bizarre. It's always been like a really confident guy. You always pretend like you're not the founder, but he is one of the founders. No. Yeah, anyway, we should anyway, yeah. Rob was Rob was also one of the founders as well, uh, originally. Um, I was doing something else. I was doing my own sort of t-shirt printing and I didn't really want to get involved. Oh, but, cool. But I got dragged into it um, through the vastness of the project and uh, really enjoyed it. So I stayed around. So yeah, your turn. <laughs> I'm Jude. I'm also one of the co-founders. Um, yeah, and it was me and Rob who you interviewed last week and Tom who started it all, but it was Rob's idea to start with. But as you know, he's got a lot to say and he knows a lot about everything. And he's one of these guys with lots and lots and lots of ideas. And um, well, you started yeah. a family as well, so... Yeah, there's lots of ideas. And then we just carried it on forward. You, you're the executors of the main... Yeah. The main executors. You, it was definitely yeah. Rob's vision. Um, I think what he had planned for it, or we went, he saw it as a training uh, platform for uh, students coming out of university and stuff like that. But obviously, that was, what, 10... 11, no, 12 years ago. There's a blip, isn't it? There's a two-year blip. I keep forgetting about that. Our 10th <laughs> birthday was at the, in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. So it was 12 years ago that we started. And back then, there wasn't that many small printers knocking around. There was no real jobs for anyone to go into. So yeah. the, the direction of the print house changed a little bit. It came more uh, courses and more um, for sort of like general public and for youth groups and things like that. And doing small little commercial jobs and stuff like mm. that. So, yeah, it evolved a lot. It's all constantly evolved. I know, yeah. I, I think you guys have had a similar kind of journey to us because we opened as a open access studio and we used to have artists in here. Oh, and then right. we do, we've carried on some of the similar things to you guys. So you do like screen exposures for people. Mm -hmm. You're dipping, I don't know how involved you are in the commission work. like. What percentage of your work is the commissions that you were talking about, do you reckon? I think income-wise at the moment, it's probably about 70%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly yeah. got us through lockdown. Um, I think we've been pushing the sort of creative funding creatives. So we get a lot of work now that are coming from sort of uh, arts organisations, that sort of thing, small youth groups, uh, moving into chapter where we are now, which is a large arts organization in Cardiff, that's right. it as well. Um, and then, I don't know, because at our old place, we had to move three years ago. Um, we had yeah, this massive yard, ago. and we had uh, like a pizza street food vendor outside that we called. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, that was, that looked really cool, didn't it, in your old, is it Dusty Knuckle? Yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah, yeah. So, we sort of got to know a lot of the street food guys through them and word of mouth and next thing you know we're just printing loads of street food t-shirts and stuff so yeah i think it's just force of habit <laughs> you know the print house wouldn't have it's we wouldn't easy. have been able to remain independent unless 
you know, we were actually come from a screen printing background and you fall back into habits. And I think that's just print all over, isn't it? Mm. It's just creatures of habit and it's what we know. And that definitely... Yeah, we know how to make money and it's relatively yeah. simple, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, once you've got that skill base, you can always switch into it as much as you want, I suppose. Well, so. Yeah, we're starting to talk about sort of grants now uh, and whether or not we want to go for funding to give us access to uh, work with a larger community instead of always trying to balance the books mm. financially. Um, yeah, but that would be nice. Um, I don't know. We're not used to that, so we just go, we just dig in. It's like now it's like three weeks of digging in and print, 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 print. <laughs> yeah, it probably feels like we do a lot more commission-based work because that's the thing that's most consistent and it's the most um, labour-intensive, I'd say. <laughs> Whereas yeah. we are doing a lot more with the community now, working with primary schools, uh, especially since lockdown, you know, I think, because everybody's really keen for people to just come out again and want to get involved and just try and encourage people to do it again. Yeah. yeah. I guess I only see the uh, commercial side because that's the only bit I do, so. Uh, oh, you see me running around the workshop. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I work full time with Rob. So this is all done on the side and on weekends and extra bits and you're the daytime. You're the face of printers. I'm I in see. the back. He says, <laughs> he's the one who's doing all the talking. I'm just kind of always around doing stuff. But like, I, I looked at even something as simple as like your opening hours, which I don't know if it's changed since COVID and stuff, but it was like nine till nine, seven days a week. Yeah, well, it's-, it's, it's Who it's, locks up? That's insane. I know, that's the tricky thing, because whenever you look at it over like Google, right, or any kind of social media, it's like a preset, so you can only put in a certain amount of hours, where it's like, well, it's kind of independent access now. Oh, cool, okay. Like yeah. They've got number locks so they can let themselves in. Yeah. It used to be a bit oh. more of an issue in the old place because they'd have to do roller shutters and it was like Fort Knox. Yeah. It was yeah. yeah. We'd have CCTV, we'd have a little phone saying if you feel nervous, just call us. It was that kind of vibe and it was like, oh, oh god. Yeah, yeah. But the guys had 24-hour access. You'd have uh was it Liam from uh overseas apparel be printing there at one o'clock in the morning with his mum bringing him sandwiches. Oh, that was so, so he'd print him for his shop. Yeah. <laughs> but like how scared are you if, if you've got like you've got print screen printing in the background for t-shirts mm -hmm. like yeah. how scared are you if they leave a heat press on or something or do you have a heat press or curing stuff that they yeah, very, very strict training and sort of very methodical sort of uh part of that and yeah you don't get many strikes there was you something... get burnt on the heat press if you leave it on <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> vicious <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry. That's a good idea, though. I'm totally good at that. That's why I'm not allowed open access anymore. <laughs> there's only there's only two bits of kit that are actually potentially could set things on fire. And to be fair, they're really they're really good now. Like you know, the older style of dryers could yeah, easily yeah. set things on fire. But I think you know the flash unit now it's on a it's got sensor it's on a timer, so you'd have to deliberately stand there and try and set something on fire. And then the dryer, it's yeah. it's. It's you decent. just strike the fear of God into them, really, and then that's, uh, yeah, I think that's <laughs> it. Um, yeah, there's only you one person. There's been, yeah, you know, it's like any dryer, you're always going to have the occasional burnt garment. But I think <laughs> since we've got the uh, MR Fusion in, and it's just sort of like the black panel heat, it's like that's taken a lot of pressure and worry about that with the mm. old stuff. Manta Kipper Ray, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, you know, I feel like we might always be jinxing it now, saying, you know, yeah, the whole time that. we've been doing this, like we haven't had <laughs> If we end up with a fire now, this is going to blame you. <laughs> come, come and use my <laughs> stuff, it's fine. I feel really guilty and have all the Welsh people over. No, it's all right, it's all right. Like, we do have a, um, I remember one of the older members at the beginning, they said, you're so, like, on top with the actual like induction and what it involves, the evidence is listed. It's a lot of paperwork, so it's super clear and laid out about exactly what stage we're going through. And it's a little bit similar to how we were trained as screen printers when we were learning. Well, it was exactly like that, especially. Who, who, who trained you guys? Like or at uni? Or? No, Rob. No, you don't want to at uni. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really, do you? You kind of get, mm. it's more about getting your ideas out there. Yeah, um, I was for some reason like everyone I talk to talks about uni printing. It's like, oh, I wasn't allowed access, but I snuck in. That always yeah, seems to be like the way they talk about it. I think it's a shame though because I feel sorry for techs and uni because they've got, especially now, they've got so much pressure on them to deal between 
probably way too many students and then they have to obviously abide by all the health and safety or those they're going to get it in there and then they've got they want to help the students but they can't necessarily mm. it's going to be like hard and so whilst they probably do want to let people do things they actually can't yeah and then this is going to make students frustrated and it's just a vicious circle yeah you said they come here and we go we'll do it with you and they go what? <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because when we take them on at uh, Visible, because this is a, a great little area to poach people. Like uh, one guy came for an introduction and he starts next week for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you saw, oh, he's, he's actually quite naturally well, good at this. Yeah, he sort of mentioned offhand that he was uh, applied for a job over at Jolly uh, Print. And uh, I was like, you're in for a job, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, you've got your own little pool. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, graduates. It's, well, it's, yeah, they're easy, they're quick to train. They got a creative eye, and you know, it's the only problem is they only stay for two or three years. But as long as your training's quick and efficient, then you get you know it's, it's not too bad. And some people stay on for longer, and it's just nice to see people develop. Like uh, there's one of the members here, Guion. He's gone off during lockdown. He started printing more of his pedals, and he just went right. Okay, I want to move on to the next bit and develop my own thing, and so we just worked with him and phased him out. But oh, really cool. I'm talking about this. <laughs> so like what kind of a commission work are you actually uh, getting um, most of the time? Are you doing like t-shirts? Are you doing like the flatbed stuff? Or what are you known for? T-shirts. Mm. T-shirts. I think because it rolls off the tongue. We do, yeah. do more. We definitely are doing more uh, gig posters. Um, but predominantly. Oh, T-shirts, I think, especially again through lockdown, because there's been a lot of like independents popping up and doing merch, and then just creative businesses. It's been merch shirts. Yeah, the occasional riso risograph job. Yeah, it's still it's all there, yeah. but it just gets dominated by t-shirts. Mm. Can Can you explain to me <laughs> um, what riso is? Because in my naivety, I think it's like an adapted photocopier, but that's probably like really basic. In my head, yeah. <laughs> like over my head, a photocopier is has actually got a little screen printer who's sat inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it a bridge between analog and digital. That's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's exactly like halfway between like screen printing and kind of digital, but not. And it's like the cleanup. A risograph is amazing. You just oh, yeah. switch the laptop off or just switch it off. So the <laughs> screens, there's no clean squeegees, there's no tidying up. It's just finished. That was a joy. That was the first thing. It's like, oh, I'm done. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it like there's like cylinders that are coloured with toner or yeah. something? And then can you explain it a bit more? Like I. Oh, dude, this is your department. Well, because you were just using it. <laughs> like, what kind of colours is it loaded with? Is it like loaded with CMYK or neons or? But dude's, uh, dude's been making bacon and eggs, and <laughs> bacon is J cloth. Yes. So the pattern is actually so she's scanning. Oh, I see. So it's to do with the, what you're scanning. As well as your digital files, yeah. So you can do both. So it's quite good for people who haven't or feel that they haven't got any creative sort of side of themselves, they can cut stuff up, they can scan it. So, um, yeah, so each drum has a colour in it. Um, and then you create a master, which is in, I suppose, from a screen printed point of view, is the stencil, I guess. And then that can be changed automatically as opposed to having to clean it all down. Um, and then you just build up the colours. It's just the registrations a bit. But that's kind of like part of the fun <laughs> of it, is it? Like, yeah, exactly. you know it's a riser because yeah, you know how to screen print you can transfer over to a Rezo just like that. It's already there. I think the hardest thing is to not have that. Because you know, with screen printing, you kind of use it like registration, it's like spot on. You can get like quite anal about it. Yeah. You're looking at that, but then as soon as you switch over to Rezo, even though, you know, you hear it all the time, it's like, it's part of the look of it. You kind of see it and it sort of makes you twitch a little bit at first. <laughs> it's right. Not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. But I, then, I, and then you kind of get it like that's the actual, that is what Rezo is about. If you want to, you can. Um, mm. If you are kind of quite like going on to Photoshop and Illustrator, you can tweak it to get near perfect like registration. So 
Is it is it something that you have in limited edition because you have a master and you'd get rid of the master, or you're saying you can load in digital files? Oh yeah, no. So it so it's similar to screen printing in that every single master, um, you'd cut a stencil and it wraps around a drum, and it stays on there for as many copies or prints as you do until you create another layer, and that might, layer might be a physical drawing that you've cut out and scanned, or it might be a, a PDF file that you've loaded in, either or. But each time you change the color or you make an edit, that's a new master. In cool. every, every one is unique because the paper's moving around, so there's always going to be imperfections yeah. in some ways. But yeah, you could load them back up and do it or try it all again. But I Is anyone trying to load anything other than paper in there? Like, <laughs> no, I would kill them. <laughs> no, no. I am yeah. so confident about what goes through that machine. Each, like, no each, way. Each no drum way. is 600 quid. Yeah. <laughs> or is it 800? 800 quid. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so you see, you have to pick up that. If you damage any part of the outside of the drum, they'll put them in these cases. It's like... <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite interesting. Each drum comes in. Like, have you seen Aliens? Have I if seen you, aliens? Yeah, between aliens and Jonesy the cat and that carrier, that's exactly what the Rezo drum comes in. It's quite <laughs> and you get you kind of get it if you kind of know how much. Uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, but you you travel with it, don't you? Don't you bring it to people's locations and do print yeah, parties yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah, so you can yeah, he's fairly like portable but scary. Um, a lot heavier than you might think. Mm. <laughs> like you, you can you can like split him or split him like lift the top part up and carry it but it's super heavy like really heavy <laughs> yeah i think i prefer moving the mobile printing yeah i know it's really i didn't it's expect it's easier to get yep. them in the back of line. so do you do live printing like you just said do you move the mobile printing like what kind of locations and setups are you doing the live printing in oh i've done it with howie's in the velodrome in london that's kind of fun uh, yeah. uh, well, so that's probably the most, uh, well, one that you've heard, place you've heard of, various places around Cardiff, I guess. Uh, we do it at a market, so we have it, we have snapped at market, so we'll do live sort of t-shirt printing and we'll have them at Christmas with all the t-shirt designs, all that sort of stuff. As, as a way of drawing people to the stall and then it's saying like, and this is how we print our stuff, or like. Well, when we first did the first market, we were going to have it as a display. So we had this drill holes on the floor, and we were scared people were going to get hit on the carousel and stuff, and we stopped people from doing it. And then people just wanted to get closer and closer. Yeah, yeah we just pulled them out of the way, and then realised we could just <laughs> get on with it. Um, and then it just became kept building and building, and then people would come down specifically to get T-shirts at Christmas, and uh, yeah. Because in the old place, we basically ripped the whole place apart. Everything was on wheels, and we could just put a market into the studio. Oh, wow. So there's all this printing equipment everywhere, and sort of like, yeah, everyone really loved it. Um, now we do a chapter. Um, it's a bit more sort of, we've got our two heads on a single station and swapping out the screens and all marked up. So it gets a bit messy. Um, but yeah, but we're using plastic solid. So it's yeah, but I. I do a bit of live printing on our market store and people bloody love it and their faces when they lift the screen up is like you can't recreate it can you in any other experience because they're just like holy shit I made that and they don't might not have that experience in their day-to-day -day lives so it is quite exciting for people. Yeah I, yeah I think that's my one of my favorite things about screen printing we used to do a lot of work with sort of youth groups and uh, young offenders and that sort of thing mm -hmm. and just they come in, no, I can't draw, I can't draw. And you're like, no, come on, we'll get through it. And then as soon as you start doing it, and they do it, it's just the light, the way their faces light up, and they realize yeah. they it, and it doesn't, you know, it's not about being this perfect artist. Mm. It just, just allows people an ability and build their confidence. So, mm. yeah. I so, like, like what, what kind of things are you going to try and push with Print House? And, like, are there things you want to see more of? Like, are you going to, I know commission work can get a bit, like a little bit soulless sometimes if you're not getting the right jobs. Like, is there anything you want to like build into the studio um, in terms of your workshops or like things that you want to teach in particular? I think I'd just like to open up a little bit more, you know, because we only recently moved here, like moved to chapter, you know, over the last two years. So it's a bit of a non-starter really. Oh, it's mm -hmm. 
or three months before lockdown. When, when people you know, ask like what it's like, well, to be honest, I can't really say. <laughs> it was kind has of, it got its, like, yeah, has it got its yeah. own personality yet, maybe? Well, yeah, yeah no, totally, you know, because before that we were spent 10 years in the old site and it was a real community then because of the space like afforded it like literally we had the space for 16 art studios and the event space like with Dusty and it was great it was brilliant but now we've moved to a smaller space we haven't got the event space anymore we haven't got the artist studio so it's literally mm. just the print studio we're split over two floors and it's an old school this building so it's mm. really it's a really nice building but in terms of what we can actually do it's um completely different so it's got a totally different vibe now so I think I'd like to um well starting to look at different ways to have membership for people to come and use the space mm. yeah that's so, tricky isn't yeah. it because you can't yeah. tell you can't do your predictions on old like like the old ways that you used to make money because it's completely changed and you haven't got those revenue streams anymore completely um, but then it's like in chapter because it's like the biggest I think I'm right saying that's like the biggest and oldest art centre here in, in Cardiff, you know, so I think a lot more people are slowly starting to become aware of like who we are and like what we do. So I think we're quite keen to like work with chaps and set things up because downstairs there's like a really like cool cafe and bar and lots of seating areas. So it'd be really mm -hmm. nice to do like regular, just like printing, like live screen printing, take the Rezo down mm -hmm. there, just every like once a week or once a month where the public yeah. can just come and go that's really cool yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fun to be able to like collaborate with like other locals and things um we're, we're finding that as well we're trying to get like some of our t-shirts and products into those collaborative spaces because sometimes it's like once you're showing it's kind of like a market stall if you're the only market stall on the street you haven't got a buzz so the yeah, more yeah. markets and people there drawing attention you're not actually like splitting the attention amongst all those people you're drawing in together um yeah i think we had uh, on our open house when we were just that well just before lockdown was we had aiden from print wagon down it was so good stuff. yeah and it was sort of like yeah even though we could have done it ourselves it's so much nicer to have him in his stripy suit sort of uh, with his little uh, print wagon you know. i'll have to look him up i'm sure i've seen him yeah it's a, it's a mobile print yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good lad. And then one of our old members from the old place, um, uh, uh, Nigel. Runs, yeah, he uh, does Amplifier Press. He does Letterpress. And um, he's because he used to have a studio with us, like literally in the workshop. But now he's just across the road in Market House. Um, so he's still really keen to like set up and like do stuff together. So me and Nigel are going to do like a screen print and Letterpress like workshop in the as well. So similar things like that. And then me and Marcus, who's a member here, but he does Rezo. So we're going to do a joint thing like later on down the line. So just keen yeah. to like, keep doing more things like that for people to, I mean, obviously to bring revenue into the space and just take over. But I think it's important like for ourselves as well, just to keep, mm -hmm. so, because yeah, because otherwise, you know, <laughs> really you just get, you get a little bit like, oh, I haven't spoken to Eddie for ages. And I've done all these prints and they look cool, but oh wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think that's a really important part of it. Yeah, it can get quite lonely, can't it? Like <laughs> working yeah. on your own practice as like an artistic person. It's nice to bounce off other people and I think it's just yeah, it's just about balance, isn't it? I mean, I'm well, I think I think maybe it's lockdown. I got used to just being on my own. Lock the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Take your coffee up there. So like, what, what is your own kind of work um, in particular? Like, if I could ask you, Jude, like what kind of artwork would you make if you're just left in the studio, you could just have free reign, doing whatever you want? Oh my God. Somebody asked me that recently. I was like, do you know what? I know that I haven't done anything for like the last two years because I've just really? been- Yeah, honestly, it's just like, I've had to completely like automate the entire studio, keep in touch with all the membership base, make sure they're okay, get like, the accounts going again, come up with new courses, do the website. So, no. The website is really nice. There are, there's a really nice piece on there that I only just saw. I wrote down that it was like just called Scenes of the Print House. Is that yours? Mm -hmm. or? Well, we printed it, but it was just the retograph photographs. Yeah. Um, uh, 
So Francesca, who's in the studio with us, um, she took the photos and then we just asked if it would be okay if we just turned it into prints because we yeah. really liked it. I think they were really beautiful. I love that. Yeah, yeah. They, they look like. Yeah. You've got loads of standout pieces on that on your website as kind of like merch, I suppose, for the print house, haven't you? So you've yeah. got like the, the aprons and the t-shirts and yeah, I really like. Is there a t-shirt there that kind of looks like it might have been a rice a riso riso riso, and you've kind of done like two layers like slightly overlapping to kind of give that impression. Oh, the print cost like, one. Mm. Yeah, that was I could design that one. Yeah. Mike Cranston, he's an owner. No, no, no. Yeah, he's a graphic designer. He likes playing around with layers and sort of textures and stuff like that. And yeah, we made sure that the inks were slightly translucent so we could actually get that sort of crossover side. Yeah. Yeah. The... You can see you can see like the um, artistic screen print coming in there because like a lot of the time when you're doing t-shirt printing, you kind of got to just do what you're told. Like you got to kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. create what's on the computer <laughs> to the nearest that you can. And anything less would be a disappointment to the customer. But with like artistic printing, you've kind of got a bit more leeway. You can blend colors, do layers to get third colors. You've got texture in there of the paper. And they're all things that you don't have in t-shirt printing, really. Like no one wants to see the texture of the shirt come through in the ink. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm a lazy printer on my own stuff. I love seeing the texture come <laughs> through. Oh, the <laughs> I can't be bothered doing a base. <laughs> I don't base. I don't base a lot of the time. But what kind of stuff did you used to do, Tom, with your shirts? So what do I do? What sort of things? Um, uh, like you said, you had your own kind of practice initially with your own printing, your own t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, it was just sort of a bit of a creative outlet, really. As soon as I, I mean, when I first started with Rob, he, he buggered off on holiday in the first month, and I was just left. <laughs> He showed me how to screen print because um, I came from a graphic design background uh, university. And he just went on holiday and I just sat there in the studio and he goes, just have a muck about. And I was like, all right, cool. So we started printing and found all the mistakes out and, you know, all in those couple of weeks he was away. And then just started designing stuff. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I do very graphic-y sort of vector-based stuff, and then other times I'll be monsters, swamp monsters with squeegees and stuff like that. Oh, cool. I don't know why these things just pop out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Got to get out, so they got to go out somewhere. It's better they go on a shirt yeah. and I can sell it. So, uh, yeah. so like, when, when you're drawing, are you drawing like on paper or are you drawing on tablets now? Or yeah, I, yeah I, I can't get used to tablets at all. I've tried several times getting a pen on the go. Um, I'm definitely a light box on my lap, yeah, pencil, sketch, then pen, and then I'll scan that in, and then I'll either vectorize the line drawing from there, or I might just use it in Photoshop. Just started making some brushes and just mucking around with that. For example, like a, I don't know, it's like a rabbit hole. You just go down there, and you're like, in this bit, yeah, I did that perfect. And you come back, like, it doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. no one's ever going to see it. It's not going to come on the screen. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know because when you're doing commercial work, yeah, you start to realise the general public perhaps don't see the much technicality of it. And there's this things that I slave over. <laughs> no like, there's some, there's some designs that I slave it's over the years. Way. I'm like, look at it's got like a translucent fog on it and it's all like this and like, oh, okay, I love the one colour one. Oh yeah, I'm totally <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like poured hours over. Like, this That's is the one. So ago, I was like the other oh, one actually. I had this one. <laughs> I did a t-shirt for a show and we printed on the inside of the sleeve so you could roll them up so you could see the inside. Ooh, I am writing that down. Can I steal that? <laughs> I that, is, that. that is shit hot. I love that. Yeah. And inside did... sleeve printing. It was. It took ages, and I had to. I, and then I just did this um, uh, Frankenstein one on a slab, sort of going out and squeezing electric bolts. And then it, there was electric bolts, and I printed either side, so they matched up on both sides. Of that. So I only did a run of twenty-five, but that yeah, that's like a hundred prints for the sleeves. Then doing yeah. the, then putting the back on, and then no one bought the bloody thing. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Look how cool it is! You can roll it up with all the sleeves. <laughs> Yeah. People are cruel to artists, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand. Um, 
So like when you're getting people come out of uh, university, I keep hearing that that's like a huge impetus for the studio is like giving them, um, you know, just more access to the studios and things. How are you like helping them to like make money out of their art so they can be a bit more self-sustaining? Are there people who um, like you, you kind of don't want them to be encouraged to make art for art's sake sometimes because you want them to be able to support themselves. Like, are you being that, able to I, give them any guidance there? I don't think it's this. I think the first thing, like as soon as you come out of university is just knowing that you can come somewhere and carry on with work in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is knowing that, I think my guess make, making that transition is like, oh shit, yeah, because I'll do stuff. And there's people who are here I can talk to. And then there's just, the main thing is actually talking through your ideas. Mm. in a completely different setting and I think it's just kind of getting your head around that and then naturally I think here you know like obviously we're joking because Tom's always coaching On people to take visible art but like <laughs> practical is in that way so you could get like a part-time job for like x amount of time or whatever like in that way or you're just speaking to other like um there's loads of people loads of members who um are freelance like graphic designers or illustrators so just having conversations in in that mm. way can help to kind of pick up project-based work or maybe just tips and that's really like the next step well it is a topic mm. of conversation with us at the moment about how to structure the membership to sort of give people an avenue because obviously when you come straight out of uni you probably end up in a part-time job you haven't got much time yeah sucked so, into retail probably like a yeah exactly and you know well, yeah, you see yeah, the, yeah amount of people that do five jobs at visible saying i'm working here at the moment uh, you know there's no real access to it and also the financial side of it with rent as it is and you know energy and whatnot you know we're going to have to find a way of get uh, getting them in to give them the time to be able to develop that side of it so they're not reliant on doing those jobs mm and we don't know how to fix that <laughs> I, I've got a couple of suggestions because I'm seeing it <laughs> literally right now in our studio is artistic people who up until now it's kind of like you're kind of like a third tier person really in terms of like the infrastructure of like how the job market is set like designers aren't very well um, appreciated money wise mm. but I think the growth of like the NFT market is helping people like produce like actual like digital artistic assets and things that they can sell and they are selling. I think there's an avenue there right? because we're even getting, I've got a job commission this week and it's massive. It's huge. And he's selling NFTs. And then alongside that, he's got real world objects. So t-shirts, caps, merchandise, but he's just an artist who's who's kind of gone, gone like as that like releasing a NFT collection model of like making money, basically out of just his um, skills through his artistic work. Mm. And then he's layering in merchandise and things. Um, yeah. There's like other big artists like Lumps, like he's done it, he's got a whole NFT collection. Nice. And he, yeah, he doesn't do any other work now, uh, apart from just running the NFTs. It's just, I feel like that might be somewhere where we're not, uh, I don't know, like struggling artists kind of vibe. I think we've got like an outlet now in this kind of Web3 okay. space. I'm very ignorant now, what's an NFT? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> I am not cool about it. An NFT is, is, is just called like a, it's basically um, a contract, a smart contract um, on the blockchain. It goes into a big hole, by the way, if you okay. don't know about it. At all. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you don't know about it at all. Basically, it's, um, it's the rights to, an, to a contract and you purchase the contract on the blockchain. And frequently they're layered on with an artwork so that you can differentiate them. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's lots of famous ones around but um you could go on to like an ebay type platform mm. like one's called like OpenSea, and you can just bid on nfts and you've got them in your digital wallet okay i know i know okay. i'm gonna look into that because that yeah. sounds really interesting like i've got <laughs> nfts here hmm? 
I've seen it pop up in various sort of Instagram uh, sort of conversations and stuff like that. Yeah. I wondered what it was, and yeah, I couldn't quite get my head around it. If all you do is make give yourself the project of purchasing one NFT, you'll have to go through so many of these little hoops, like getting cryptocurrency, getting a wallet, purchasing it, burning it, having it in your wallet. Just going through that process, you'll understand all of it because okay. you've you've literally like given yourself over <laughs> to the process. <laughs> Because then you'll have you'll have Ethereum. You'll know what uh, the blockchain is. You'll understand the use cases of these things. Yeah, it is. You started this. <laughs> I've got I've got a collection which I'm launching soon. So I'm like deep. I'm deep in it. I can tell. In it. It's very it's very exciting. But I just think that is a massive platform for um, yeah, artists. Yeah, because we have sort of had developing projects with sort of uh, local community youth groups and sort of trying to find a way of sort of, you know, obviously the creative industry is huge. Yeah. We're not really seen as being, uh, I don't know, an area to go into, I guess. Yes, yeah. So, and with doing the markets and stuff like that, obviously we've got a platform to actually be able to sell stuff, but that's quite interesting from a digital side of things that I hadn't even considered really and sort of like, sort of like because of the uh, members that we had in the studio and stuff like you know we had the people laser cutters and sort of like we whatever and doing various things you know ups, uh, upcycling leather all that sort of stuff so we could do quite easily do loads of those sort of hands-on workshops but it's interesting on the digital side of it because obviously once you've got something drawing and you've got your pad and off you go there's very little need for anything else is there at that point mm. it's probably the most cost-effective way <laughs> Of generating cash from so. your bedroom that's why it got so popular over lockdown it's because yeah. you just need your computer and that's it really um yeah <laughs> but even uh, i'm not i'm not i'll i'll shut up about i'll shut up about this subject in a minute because i can i know it can be boring to hear about um but even your memberships in 10 years it's not going to be unlikely that you give out nfts to people and they show that they've got an nft on their phone and then that, that's their access card it's just a contract layered in right. and that might even be their their access into the studio or to an event if they've got it on their phone as a like digital ticket that's yeah. basically what it is okay that makes um, i got that now that's, that's in i'm totally Ooh. gonna look at this afterwards Anyway. It's a big hole, and I'm sorry I introduced you to it. Um, <laughs> Jude, so, Jude's good with deep holes. You'd be fine, like, I'll, I'll I was going to say, you got me started. And like, as soon as I get into something, like, I don't let it go. It's Obsessive. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So let, let's bring it back to, like, screen printing and stuff. Like, how, how do, if people come in <laughs> as, like, open access, for example, like, how do you, like, manage it with people's uh, own screens and equipment? Like, do you have general use screens or do they bring in their own stuff or how do you manage um, that? So everybody comes in, anybody who comes in, um, as long as they're like 18 plus can be a member here. And then the induction, they have a, a studio screens which are used during the induction. And then after that, most of the time I say it's about 50-50, people ask if they can like bring in their own screens or there's always the option to like hire screens here. Mm -hmm. And then quite often, like people kind of get used to a particular size or mesh screen that suits their work, and then they just like buy them at second hand. Just get territorial about their screen, and then want to write their name on it, basically. So we do that because obviously, because we're all recycling <laughs> screens, and everybody like uses like aluminium frame screens because um, we've got like a, a really nice like LED exposure unit. So I'm quite on it about what goes on that glass. <laughs> So we don't have any wooden frames. Or the only ones that we do are like covered like completely in tape. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah they were old Rob's old screens. You used to, have to stand on them with a staple gun when they used to walk to <laughs> sort of staple them back together. So uh, oh my yeah, God. those have been yeah. banned from the uh, nice glass. But yeah, yeah. then there's, we used to sell an option, but then we've sort of changed that now and up the price of the membership so that they've got access to it. And it seems to, have helped people the cleaning and uh products are there for them to use as well where we used to sell sprays and stuff like that 
Um, it was just minimizing how much stuff they had to buy, I guess, and make it easier for them to use the space. Um, mm -hmm. We've now got an honesty box, which causes our accountants all sorts of literally uh, handwritten headaches. notes. <laughs> uh, someone putting 50p yeah. in a, on a little piece of paper in a little bag into an honesty box. We've now finally. Who was what was the 50p for? If they've oh, dropped some ink know. or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're using the uh, I don't know the paper printer, putting a couple of sheets through the paper printer or something like that. Yeah, oh. I see. Like we should be able to like walk around. We could give you little tour around the studio. Yeah, that but we've gone digital now. We've got a pad with the eyes out on exits, and you just type in what they've used. Um, yeah. We, everything used to be locked away in the old places. We had space, and we don't have the space here. And so when we realised it's actually people aren't stealing anything, they're being very respectful. That's and nice. So they sort of help. You know, there's like film that they help themselves to. The price of the ink is included on the film, so we don't have to worry about that. And yeah, it seems to work out okay. Um, unless we've been oh, Touchwood. Yeah, unless somehow we've been really lucky. Again. We're not been monitoring yeah. at all, and it's the stuff we've stolen left, right, and centre. We don't know. But yeah. you haven't, you haven't got Murray. I'm completely dropping him in it, but he definitely <laughs> won't watch this. We've got a guy called. We had a guy called Murray. He is like an elderly dude, and he was like heart of gold, but. He literally said to us, I'm only here because my my wife wants to kick me out of the house like <laughs> for an afternoon a week. And I'm like, oh, so I've got to deal with Murray. And he broke so much shit. I think he was the reason I stopped open access. No! Like there's, there's stains on the floor of tubs of ink that have gone. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's okay. And you're like, Oh, your nerves are so shredded whenever he comes in and he literally like cutting tape or the do you tape the screens huge 120 mesh screen like my biggest one an a01 I and i know how much that costs oh my god no, no and then like he's cutting the tape and i'm like no no you've got to cut the tape and then put it on and he's like no 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 scissors oh i'm like oh and then I've got to like be completely calm on the outside and just be like, do you know what? It happens. Don't worry. And in my head, I'm like, get out of my studio. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to curse you with fires, a Murray or any other of those things. But yeah, it sounds like you've got away with it. But it's, yeah. Maybe it's just because you have a thorough induction. I think at the beginning, at the very, very beginning, you know, when we were just like welcome members, it's still figuring out ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we definitely had a few like instances that we were like, well, you know, it's like for one, we had to write in there now, no bootlegging. That's definitely like out. Yes, I read that on your terms. What yeah. is bootlegging? That's just copying other people's shit and selling yeah, it, right? Yeah, not selling it. We literally caught one of them because that's the thing with screen. You know, obviously it stays on the screen. So I'd see it on the rack and I'm like, wait, that's not right. And then we actually <laughs> saw them selling it and we're like, did you print that in there? What, like Nike or what are they bootlegging? What, what level of copyright like, theft is this? It was like old gig t-shirts, old band t-shirts. So they literally nicked them and they were just selling it in there. Yeah. And it was like, mm. yeah, that's not cool. That's not allowed. So it was like, no, I'm slashing your screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there were some other members who were like, just like having like smoking weed, but then they would actually leave yeah. it underneath the table. Which kind of like don't mind personally, but it's like, you know, that's really not no, okay. Best, like to do it one. in the studio. <laughs> How much weed do you need to do that you have to do it in the studio? Like well, it's just that he left it in, in like a tin underneath the table. And it's like we do kids' workshops in here. It's like really, really can't have that. So you left the grinder on the side of the on the yeah, mixing table. <laughs> and it, I was like, the MP was coming in to have a go printing with me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. This is a pencil sharpener. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. That was it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sort of, yeah, constantly evolving, <laughs> I guess. Yes. Yeah. And then I guess it's like the mixture of balancing like having artist studios and then a kind of print workshop with like open access members. It's like totally different expectations. Mm. At least when you do a workshop though, right? Like you could book yep. it in, you know when it's going to end and then your day's done. Like once you've washed up, it's actually like a relief and you feel like you've done your day. Yeah. But with commission work, it can just, you could just fill up. You could just be there all night. 
it never ends really because you can it's just keep sucking your time in and it's quite hard to yeah we kind of win that right now (laughs) yeah it's quite hard to cut your day off isn't it like there's always another thing like oh let's prep the screens for the next it all just bleeds into one giant day (laughs) yeah we're like there's no such thing as like weekdays or weekends it's kind of like job what it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle choice we sort of joke that if we weren't married we probably have lost so many partners over the years yeah there's no so, way you would not hold down a relationship oh you two are married yeah all yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right i see cool <laughs> yeah that makes it so much easier because then when you're like working hard you can explain it to the other you don't have to explain it anymore. oh no it's normally like it's, it's, it's almost like uh there's one of me well okay <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah it's quite handy sort of intu- like, intuitively going, know yeah. when to flat and then sort of get the next job ready and stuff like that it's kind of like all right i'm printing tonight you're making dinner yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's oh, yeah, everything's so gone bad. wrong take away yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that yeah. is really funny how you've kind of like yeah i know what you mean because it's kind of like yeah i i know exactly what you mean because i'm married to M, and if i wasn't i don't know how i'd explain this setup because it is kind of like it just bleeds into a whole lifestyle situation that yeah. you're you can't just cut off at five, even if you want to, because yeah. no. it's in your head. <laughs> and then there's people calling you as well at like whenever o'clock, and you're not not going to answer yeah. it. Yeah. You said, yeah, eleven o'clock phone calls when we had the old place. We're like, oh my god, what's what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we'd have to ring the guys. Like sometimes, like dossiers and people in the yard. If they'd ever see like you or me calling at like seven in the morning, like being broken into again, haven't we? <laughs> Oh, you've been breaking into before. Yeah, yeah. Three times on the trot. There's loads of fun. Oh, <laughs> it got to be like quite like almost like a joke. We'd be like, God again, because you'd have to report it and you go to the cycle and the police would turn up and say, you didn't do anything. So could you just hurry up? <laughs> we kind of got work to do here. And the rest of the guys were like, Yeah, can we can we just do our work now? We'd be printing and like trying not to touch things and Mm, that's a bummer but but apart from the break-ins I actually really enjoyed like I've only been to Cardiff a couple of times but I've really enjoyed the vibe of it and mm. I think it sounds it just seems like a really cool place to live like yeah I love it what made you like have you lived in other places and then you chose Cardiff to settle down or well, I moved here to do my degree because I used to be, uh, live in Chester and then I moved to here to do my mm-hmm. uh, fine art degree Oh, cool. I'm from Carmarthen, which is uh, 90 odd miles west, and skipped Swansea and came here, and then did a year in Leeds, which was just a drunken, <laughs> drunken bowling alley, working in the in the kitchens. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a, a grill chef, I guess, <laughs> for about seven years, until I found my way back. Oh found my way to printing actually it was in leeds i went to the round that's how i got into t-shirt printing so i bought a t-shirt uh game have you only just remembered oh the drunken blur right. you're like yeah. one I piece thought, of clarity I, 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 got the t-shirt. Yeah. I bought it and i was like right that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make t-shirts and i'm like right i'm gonna do graphic design and i moved back to cardiff did graphic design and then finished graphic design i, went, I don't want to be a graphic designer and just started cutting pieces of acetate and sponging fabric up to them and stuff like that and then uh <laughs> yeah well found some friend found rob and then i went up to see him and uh, the guy who was working with him got someone pregnant and up in edinburgh <laughs> and had to nap off and i was i'll do it the terms you're talking are so funny you got him <laughs> pregnant this stuff i've got the job <laughs> <laughs> Three months later, you were taken on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were seeing other people, and yeah, lifestyle things happened along the way, and I declared my undying. He screamed in my face, basically. He was really drunk in the pub, and yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that. you. <laughs> Never worked before. But this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I like, but yeah, we start this. Yeah. Okay. Robert warned us before going, don't you two get together because you can't have any holidays together. And we're like, <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's true. He did actually sit us down he, before we were He's like, we you two, you can't get together. You're not allowed. He's really serious about it. <laughs> we didn't tell him for months. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> totally new. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why we had Invisible Art ended up growing, because we wanted a holiday, so we needed more staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can go in. You're trying to get other people to fill your space yeah, and you can yeah, go on holiday. <laughs> that's yeah. really funny. Are there any other things that you want to like um, tell people about print? Like I didn't ask that. How? Why is it called print house? As in, like, isn't that the German spelling? Like, I don't know. What are you looking at me for? Oh. <laughs> I don't think there is it? like a very. I feel like there should be like a really poignant reason. Was it James I don't think there is. Foster that came up with it, or did you do the first logo? Why? No, that was working with um, James mm. Reed, who helped us design the logo. No, that was the second, that was the third logo. I don't know, we don't know. It's just happened. <gasps> it's an enigma. I don't remember what it was. If anyone it's watching really, this knows, yeah. why, please let us know. It's actually really know. boring. The, it's really boring reason. Go on, just, just, it was just push just, through it how boring it is. But. <laughs> so it was Jason at the time when we were all sat out in lunch break. We were sat outside. Yeah, uh, we were sat there, we were like, Oh, what should we call it? Because at the time we were still kind of cleaning up the place and talking about it, and it was sort of getting getting to be a thing. We're like, oh, what about the domain name? Like, what should we call it? And so we was like, oh, yeah, print house. So we kind of typed in print house, like H O U S E, and it's like taken, taken, taken. Oh, I really like it. Huss. <laughs> yeah. And then we were like, oh yeah, brilliant. And that one, that was oh, so it. Exactly. It was just to do with the domain. Name. That's good. No, that's that's cool. That's so boring. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the reason. same reason. Because I was got wanted to be Ed and Flo, and I, that was taken, and so I ended up being Ed and Flo. Because <laughs> someone went, "Oh, just call yourself Ed and Flo." I was like, "Oh, that's brilliant. Perfect." <laughs> that's it. That's it. Ah, so exactly the same reason. Kind of feel like one of us like we donate to a German or somehow find out that we're half anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've stolen their name. Yeah, like, they're trying to Google them, and they keep getting you up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm just infiltrating squeegees and ink search terms like accident. <laughs> I keep propping up like a gif. Um, yeah, no. Oh, that's such really cool insight. I had all these questions, but I haven't got through any of them um, because we've already <laughs> just uh, gone off on one. I'll just give you one more question. Like, if you had 100k to invest in the studio, like, what would you do with it? Public printing table. I'd want loads of medicine in floors. Yeah. The here so flipping high. We went up to um, Edinburgh recently. We went to um, uh, a couple of studios there, and they were like it was sort of a communal space. Um, I just really liked it because they had mezzanine floors, what and it was called? like uh, it was like Moody Mondays. She does like fabric printing. Cool. Uh, she does like textile printing and like wallpaper printing. Um, but she's Eliza. She's a really cool lady, um, and. Uh, well, she, they're sharing the space now. I think like lots of like so screen printers, those out of blue Rizzo printers are sharing the space. And then there's oh. other, um, other like creatives are in there. Them, yeah, they called the little 10 minutes before we we're gonna go and meet them. And they're like, oh, really sorry, we got COVID. And I was like, well, <laughs> sort of lucky. But anyway, so yeah, and the space had loads of mezzanine floors and then you had the studio kit on the ground floor and then tables. But that's what I would do. Mm. Mezzanine Ooh. floors and a hammock in the front <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. she was doing um, proper, oh, yeah, proper silk screen scarves and doing workshops on it. Yeah. I was interested in what they were doing and it was quite interesting. She was up for doing a uh, skill swap of some sort. We haven't really figured that out yet. But at the moment, I think we're just trying to find a way of getting funding to be able to, one, get a fabric table and then bring that knowledge down here, transfer it. We're not really stepping on anyone's toe in each other's toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just trying to figure out how to do it. I think that I've always you probably just hit it off in a completely different direction anyway. From everyone's got such different backgrounds, the, all these things are just skills and tools that you're just gonna yeah. push in a new way anyway. So, well, yeah, we always wanted to print fabric and make T-shirts visible, and it's like trying to figure out if there's a way of doing that. And but yeah, I don't know. I just like the idea of push you pull me printing. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's really nice to watch actually. Yeah. Oh, have you done it? I've I've supplied screens and gone in and taught flatbed printing to those people. I bet uh, Maury hasn't been anywhere near them. Sorry? <laughs> Maury's been nowhere near those screens. No, he's not allowed. You wouldn't. 
<laughs> I can't. I have to like inter- I have to close my eyes for a second oh, and calm well, myself. I the vein Sorry. Did you? Is it here? <laughs> this one. Uh, no, no, he's not allowed in the nice places. Um, no, he was allowed in here for too long, if I'm honest. He's a really nice guy, but he crashed his car twice on the way here, like on different occasions. That's the liability level that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it looks like you've, you've got a really nice sort of setup going on and you've kind of like built it around your own practices and yeah, well, it looks like, like a fun place to work. <laughs> yeah, that's always the plan, isn't it? Get you back and doing your own stuff. Well, it was starting to happen, but then, you know, then we had to move everything and um, just takes a bit of work. Yeah, of course. Do that and the pandemic kicked in and then it's like, well, priorities really, isn't it? It's well, we're like, quite lucky because we got to do, well, you organised the uh, Kickstarter crowdfunder thing, whatever it was. And what was that for, funding? Like, just uh, general funding? Or? Yeah. We needed, because the space is a lot smaller, so we needed to get new equipment that would fit through the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's it. basically it. Yeah, yeah. The, the old uh, flatbed wouldn't go through. We had a Kipax uh, custom made um, so bed raises up yeah. like that. It oh, was, cool. Like floats yeah. away from you, so you didn't have to do yeah. this. Like, went up that. It was a beautiful bit of kit. And, and you can literally tip it on its side and just wheel it through places. It weighed a ton, but it was amazing. But it was no way it was getting in here, so we ended up having to sell it. But we bought it from Jackknife in Bristol. Oh then... my god, jackknife in Bristol. That is a fucking heaven, isn't it? That's the place with like warp, like floor to ceiling. Yeah. Gig posters. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Anyone going to Bristol needs to go in there. That that got me into um, flatbed printing in a massive way. Really? So I went I went for one of their sales. They they just had like a yearly annual sale or something. And like all the posters were like 30 quid or something like that. And I was but, like, I, yeah. I, I'm literally clearing out my bank account. <laughs> so many. And I was like, I, I can only get like, like four or five or something. I was quite, I didn't have much money at the time. But yeah, they're all in my, they're all around the studio still. Um, Jack Nath posters. Yeah, massive respect to those guys. Yeah, so, yeah I think because they were being kicked out because that was around the They the were moving spaces at yeah, the time the then as well. Jamaica Street, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, that was a wicked space they had in there. And they were moving out of there, so that's why they had to get rid of it. So we had mm. it. Now, then it went back to Bristol to another guy who knew them. what they were called. So it sort of went just over the water and back again. Yeah. Uh, yeah just a bit of a shame. Yeah. So most of our kit from the old studio is like in storage at the moment. Waiting for us to expand. Well, <laughs> like there are plans for chapters to actually like develop as a whole, and then touch wood, <laughs> we'll be able to expand like here because there's two other print studios like five minutes away from here. So it'd be right. great to like all come in together. Mm. The giant print studio, but one of them, they're both like more traditional. So one there's like etching there called Cardiff Print Workshop, and then the other one. The guy in his own print, Pete Williams. He does like a little bit of everything, so mm. good to get everybody together. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. I, Nigel with the letterpress is quite keen to sort of come back into the fold, into the workshop. It might be a necessity soon as well with um, like overheads and stuff for people. They might not be able to operate singularly. They might have to all just like share resources a little bit more. Yeah, completely. Mm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it looks like you've got lots of ways to push this in like a hundred different ways, right? You think you could do <laughs> anything. It's we discussed like 20 time. different things there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just finding time, isn't it? And for yeah. us. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get some more work. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be the dream. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I think we've got a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of insight into what Print House is and like what you're doing there. And it's kind of like helping, it's like a community project, but it's just lots of different things at once, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. I feel like we're starting all over again. Definitely like actually right now at this point, since we've moved in the first place and now since we're coming out of lockdown, <laughs> I think we're going to be big changes even in the next two years. I think, yeah, the first, yeah definitely the first five years was a, 
I don't know, an adventure into naivety. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, we won't need to be staffed. Everyone will just be fine. There's no, yeah, you know, it's equipment. Fuck yourself out. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Now we're like grown ups. We're like, right, okay, this is how we're going to do it. This is Rules no bootlegging, <laughs> number one. <laughs> we yeah. need like a couple of what's the right size there. Some people <laughs> get it straight away, and other people are like, what's that? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, an awkward conversation. <laughs> is it not a term using, or bootlegging? I just feel like bootlegging is something that you talk about with pirates, not with like normal <laughs> people. <laughs> I know. I know, but because we have like, or you know, yeah. like, <laughs> t-shirt. some people just do posters, some people just do the reso, but like this, you know, it's general terms and conditions, but some of them are like, why is that in there? <laughs> it doesn't matter, you don't touch t-shirts, it's all right, it's fine, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that bit. Um, yeah. The t-shirt people are naughty, you've got to keep an eye on them. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and stuff. And I'd love to send you some t-shirts as a little thank you. So you, wow. I'll have to get your sizes <laughs> of your shirts and stuff. I'm thinking of doing like dedicated podcast ones because at the moment I've just been sending like uh, blind maggot ones. But yeah, I think I'll make a, a proper shirt and it just gives me another excuse to design something else. So, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've, I've talked to talked to your mate. So now we've got like a little succession of of people you know. Is there anyone else who I should interview? Like who you'd like to see on? No, Guion, because he he's printing with enamel inks onto the guitar pad. That's really Guion Christmas uh, Holy Island Holy audio. Island audio audio. He's a member. Holy Island audio. I mean. I'm not going to try and write down his first name because we are on Okay, that wasn't too bad. He's awesome. Like he actually does like the whole thing itself. So he makes the effects. He actually makes the effects pedals, mm. like from the inside, like to start off with. Then he actually prints, like the, he designs it and then prints the pedals. And then actually, then he writes all the content for zines to go with it. Wow. And then also actually gets all the packages, actually prints all the boxes himself as well, does oh, nice. all the promotion, does the whole thing himself, wow. which I think is fucking amazing. It's like hats off to the guy. So yeah, interview yeah. Guillaume. Nelly's okay. treasure. Yeah, and Helen. Helen yeah. Nelly's treasure. She started, she was one of our original members that really has gone from strength to strength. Yeah. I got I got the treasures. What was the first bit? Uh, Nelly. Nelly. N-E-L-L-Y. I mean, she's just... He just started up selling through Wayfair now and not on the high street yeah. stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good one. But yeah. Cool. Prince Studios, I don't know. Uh, I kind of think as soon as we get off this call, it's going to be like, oh, I should you can, you can, You can Instagram DM me and I'll, I'll, I'll see it all. And then, uh, yeah, because I saw you had Jack on from Old Elton. So I saw Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. There's so many Welsh ones. I think it's probably because I've I've interviewed one person in Wales and then yeah, it's kind of like oh, what? we'll have a chat to that folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him up the road or something. I don't know if that's Welsh or not. But... Well, there's Doomsday as well. They've started printing. He yeah. Started, he started printing from uh, I think for Merch Asylum. I think he was at, he wasn't printing, he was at the end of the dryer, I think. And then uh, flattening and then doing stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I'll get him on. Because he used to print for him at um Visible. Visible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've done a little bit and then he started doing all the digital and printing and yeah, it's quite nice. It's nice, it's funny doing this place, you sort of get you know, you could get people who are a bit sort of insular about the sort of their business and sort of a bit more thing. When you've done this, it's like you can't give a crap about that stuff anymore. I know, yeah, there's no hiding because we're all doing the same shit anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, there's enough room for all of us, and you know, we'll be fine, don't worry about it that much. Yeah, yeah, if we were precious about it, then we wouldn't teach people how to do it. So, exactly, yeah, that's the same stuff that we think of. No one's gonna, you're not, you're not invent, you're reinventing anything, it's been around for 3,000 years. We're not, <laughs> not the first person to put a fucking image on a shirt. Yeah, right. you can just go on YouTube and go. That's how, you, that's how you do it. Sometimes you feel like a little fraud going, I'm going to teach you how to print a t-shirt or you could just go and watch it. 
on YouTube and you kind of got the gist of it. No, it's different. It's different. <laughs> you need like this, yeah. You need all those kind of resources, but some people need it in real person, and that's yeah, that's, that's where we're making yeah. real memories, isn't it? No one goes, oh, I remember that day I watched that YouTube video, but they remember <laughs> the the day forever that they pulled their best friends. We're on YouTube, but like, yeah, actually, yeah, that's one thing you can't even in person. It's like actually how to pull a squeegee. It's something you just have to, you just got to do it. Yeah. That, that could be your sign off. <laughs> you just got to do it. That's your motto underneath your, your image. It. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll let you guys get on and I'll probably DM you some, yeah, more ideas for more people to interview as well. Cool. No problem. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys. Cheers.